Welcome to It's a Mindset, the podcast where we embark on a transformative journey to enhance your worth, wealth, and well-being. I'm Emma Lagalo, a wealth and mindset coach, and I'm here to guide you. In each episode, we explore the power of your mindset, featuring inspiring guest interviews, tips, and insights. Are you ready to dive in and discover that anything is possible when you put your mind to it? Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome back to another empowering guest interview on It's a Mindset. I'm your host, Emma Lagalo, and in this episode, we're embarking on a truly unique journey. Have you ever wondered how a detective in law enforcement finds harmony through spiritual practice? Well, you're about to find out. But before we dive in, I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you. Your continued support, messages, and enthusiasm for the podcast mean the world to me. Thank you for being part of the It's a Mindset community. Now, a quick note. Please excuse any background noise during this episode. When your husband decides to take the day off and cut down a tree with a chainsaw, Well, you might hear a bit of that. I hope it doesn't distract you too much from this inspiring interview. In episode nine, we're delving deep into the life and mindset of an extraordinary individual, Jamira Trapp. She's not only a dedicated detective in law enforcement in Chicago, USA, but also a practitioner of Neetram Buddhism and an energy healer and a published author. Together, we explore how Jamira seamlessly integrates her demanding career with the profound principles of Buddhism, creating a fascinating tapestry of faith and daily life. Jamira's story resonates deeply with me as a fellow seeker of balance and purpose. Her ability to harmonize the challenges of a demanding career with a rich spiritual practice is truly enlightening. I connect with her journey of self-awareness, particularly in navigating complex family dynamics and discovering internal stillness. In this episode, we'll delve into key takeaways, exploring how Jamira intertwines her Buddhist faith with the responsibilities of law enforcement, her personal transformation from toxic positivity to embracing presence, and her unique perspective on wealth as a mindset rooted in self-worth which deeply aligns with my own take on true wealth. Additionally, we'll discover how Jamira incorporates energy readings into her life and how she offered me a surprisingly fresh perspective on creativity and manifesting success. So buckle up for an enlightening conversation with the beautiful Jamira Trapp. Get ready to be inspired, amazed and empowered on your own journey to mindset mastery. And as always, if you find this episode inspiring, share your takeaways on your Instagram stories and tag us at Emma Lagalo. Your reflections might just inspire someone else's transformative journey. Without further ado, let's dive into episode nine, A Detective's Faith, Navigating Law, Family and the Path to Self-Discovery with Jamira Trapp. Hi, Jamira. Thank you so much for joining me today on It's a Mindset. It's uh, lovely to see you and it's going to be great to to speak to you today. Yes, thank you for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure. 
so good to always see you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know, and I was just saying to you that when I first thought about starting this podcast, you were definitely someone that came to my mind uh, that I would love to interview um, around mindset because I truly do admire your mindset and yeah, all the different uh, layers to you. There are just, yeah, so many layers, but I guess my audience doesn't know anything about that right now. So we met, uh, I think it was sort of mid 2021 and we were doing a program together and you're based in Chicago in the USA and yeah. I'm in Sydney in Australia. And it was really at the start of my business journey and um, my spiritual probably journey as well. And so you were really an incredible uh inspiration for me at that time to see what was possible and even just to get out of my little you know Australian life and see that you know no more people in the world and it's you know I was grateful to that program for that opportunity and it's been wonderful staying in touch with you um, yeah. but for my audience I would love for you to maybe just give us a little bit of a background of uh, your life journey um, and maybe any pivotal moments that have shaped who you are today. So as Emma has um, said, my name is Jamira Trapp. I'm born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. I've currently um, been a member of law enforcement for 14 years. I just had my anniversary, December 16th. I'm also a practitioner of Nichiren Buddhism with the Soka Gakkai USA. Just had an anniversary of 11 years, December 15th. So I always say there's no coincidence that those anniversary dates are back to back because I firmly believe that faith equals daily life. And so um, for me, my faith has is essential and it's, it's, it's um, an ingrained part of my day-to-day -day activities. I also um, am a leader in my Buddhist organization. I um, also on the side, I offer energy readings. It's called Look Into Your Mirror with Mirror because my name is M-I-R-A and then like Mirror. All right. Well, I would love to say congratulations on both of those anniversaries. I, that's um, incredible. And you're a detective as well in yes. the law enforcement, which is a really big role and, and yeah, an incredible. Uh, I didn't know that when I first met you and it took, I think, you know, maybe a little while. And then I remember just being flabbergasted to, to, to know that you were, yeah, like a, in the law enforcement and really climbing that ladder to be um, quite senior and then to have this spiritual side as well that uh, side by side, which, you know, probably is a little bit of a different sort of way for people to be that, you know, are in the law enforcement to have that real spiritual side of things. Um, and how do you, how do you find that that works for you? You know, for, I'll say about, 10 to 11 years, because I just made 14 years, I just completely compartmentalized every aspect of my life. Like, so I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And so also when we met, I was, I just had got promoted to detective like a month after meeting you. So I was still working in a covert capacity for five years. I worked completely undercover. So it was, um, Again, that was even more those five years of undercover of like more of suppressing aspects of myself and just kind of working in a, you know, moving in a covert capacity. And now that, you know, I've been in the detective division since 2001, 
2021, um, giving myself more time, <laughs> um, 2021, um, it feels so liberating to show up fully and authentically now where like, you know, if I have my crystals on or, you know, cause we dress up in a detective division, or if I have like, even in my desk, I have di different items on my desk, crystals, I have a diffuser and, you know, I even have like a lot, uh, a light that's, you know, a vitamin D light kind of looks like a ring light. So people tease me, but just getting in, creating my own oasis in this very masculine, heavy, dense, toxic environment, um, both internally and externally, you know, so really making sure I'm creating a space of comfort for myself, but also being receptive to other people because before I was completely, um, shut down um uh, and when i my first night on the street in september 10th of 2010 my mother passed away and so that was i didn't realize until i started properly processing her death in 2020 how much that impacted me so i showed up for work over a decade with this guard up and not aware that how much i was closed off and how much you know fear i had about us expressing myself and just to be quite honest, like as a black woman, I didn't want to be too much, too loud. Or if I said something, they were going to think, you know, I might come off as aggressive. But me even having those thoughts and feelings was making me that angry black woman. And so now that I um, just, you know, pray daily to connect to people's hearts and that the truth is heard and felt, it's it's so liberating and free. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say that your first day on the street and then your mother's passing was maybe a really pivotal moment for you and has shaped yes. who you are, but it then took a while for that to actually manifest and for you to find Buddhism. And now that is a real protection for you to be able to go and do your job and for it not to, I guess, it, at times it would be really confronting some of the things that you would have to deal with and see and to have that 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 spiritual strength is is what probably makes you even a, a better detective and but a better able human to cope with the pressures of, that you would face in your role yes and you know you follow me on my social media like everything in life is interconnected so i see the universe is in constant communication with all of us. And so it's all about us being on a level of our frequency to be able to perceive and receive these signs. And so I feel like part of my assignment here is to bring awareness to people how like, you know, you might see a crow or a hawk or wherever you're at, or even like, you know, numbers, two, 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 one, one, one. And right when I was kind of starting to process my mother's um, death properly with professional support, I started this when the spiritual aspect opened up even more because I was had so much shame and guilt and sadness within because when she transitioned, we weren't on talking terms. And so even now, like last year in 2022, I have like now a, an ancestor altar. So I have a, a, a separate reverence space where, you know, um, I have a photo of her up. This is all like so new but it, it, it really taps into, you know, I believe we're multidimensional beings. So I believe the past, present and future is happening simultaneously. So it really is healing my inner child who my mother wasn't able to raise me. But so 
again, just any shame or, or sadness and how also what I learned um, during that decade of not showing up fully and authentically is how disease can manifest in your body. Um, in 2015, I ended up like I had, um, you know, it's just kind of like just checking my breasts, you know, um, casually. And I noticed that I had like, like something like a size of a quarter or, or something. And I was like, what is this? And people were like, oh, you're too young. It's nothing, you know? And I'm like, it didn't go away and it will fluctuate in size. And so, you know, um, someone's like, well, you should probably go get it checked out. So I went to the hospital and um, they did a exam and they said, you know, it was a cyst. It was a 3.1 centimeter cyst. And I was 33 years old at the time. And I was like, okay. He's like, you know, well, you have two options. You can, you know, just leave it or you can, we can go in and dig it out. But if it doesn't hurt. And so his, the doctor's nonchalant attitude made me have like a nonchalant attitude. And, but when I look back at the, after reflecting just ever, even a month ago at the timeline for, um, that was also a time when me and my dad weren't talking. And so realizing how that, you know, how our body keeps the score, how our body stores our emotions. And this, this went away, um, without any, any, um, surgery. Or, I think one day I checked, touched myself. I was like, Oh, it's gone. Okay. <laughs> like it was, but now when I reflected upon it and reflected upon the times, like when my neck, my, my right side of my neck, it's, you know, feels tension, like someone's pressure put pinching me or the right side is our masculine side. So like a lot of times when I'm trying to control things and I'm not being flexible, or even when I started processing deeply, um, and chanting for my mother's happiness, um, I felt like, an opening in my heart space, like something being that was so tightly closed, like this opening and like almost like I describe it as glass being chucked out of my body. It was very releasing and intense, but um, I'm glad I had the spiritual support. Um, and you've been, you were supportive during the, a few times during the journey. You are always reach out and just keep in contact. And cause you met me literally when I started kind of properly processing these things. So um yeah well thank you for for saying that and uh yeah I guess I didn't realize that the depth of of what you were actually going through because I've learned a lot since then about you know the traumas that we experience and how they do manifest in in our bodies and there must have been a lot of trauma and that was probably what was keeping you so closed for for so many years um as you were not processing the trauma of, you know, not being with your mom when she passed or not being even, you know, with your mom as you were growing up and being estranged and, and, you know, having even then, you know, issues with your dad as a result of, of that. And so I guess what you're trying to say now is that what you really would love to do is help people also move through those traumas so that they don't actually manifest you know disease and things like that because they're holding on so tightly to to hurts that they've experienced yes my one of my favorite books is by louise hayes it's called you can heal your life and in the back she has this checklist of you know common common and chronic you know ailments and and um symptoms and pains and the the beginning of that chapter she talks about you know how continuous modes of thinking can create dis-ease d-i-s like an EASC in our body. And so from me feeling like I had to, I had no body. My mother had transitioned. My father, I was at that point done with him. He asked me for a DNA test and this was after my mother had transitioned. So just feeling completely 
rejected and abandoned and having to go into this male dominated field in the roughest cities in America. Like how, I, when I talk about it, I'm almost like, how did I do that? Like it, you did have to just kind of put yourself in a bubble so you can show up and do your job properly and not be effective. I mean, affected by other people's negativity and still be effective. And so, um, I'm just so grateful for, you know, that experience and just even seeing like, um, recently I had some stuff happen, like, like with, with my, um, molars, it was like 30 and 31 at the bottom right side. And, um, I might've got the numbers wrong, but when I looked up the spiritual meaning of that, it was connected to your reputation, deep grief, sadness. And at that time that I noticed that at a hole in those two teeth, um, it was when I, when I noticed it, it was like, that's for me brushing my teeth. I didn't feel any pain, but I, when I looked, it was a big, and put my tongue there, it was a huge hole. And I'm like, this is a sign. I like, I knew that that was a sign for me. And I was like, oh my goodness, it was, it was directly connected to the things that I was going, that was going on. Anyway, I got a crown, everything's good, but it was just so interesting to see how our body tells us so much information about what we're doing, what we're not doing <laughs> and how we're doing it. So I was very fortunate for that experience to be painful. I mean, to be painless. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I, I love that you're also so in tune with, you know, your body and then thinking about what is the, the the bigger meaning about, you know, things that are happening to you. And thank you for also, I think you told me about that book and I recommend that to lots of people as well. It's an incredible book to, yeah, just to set you on on a path to, to think about not just, you know, that we need medicine all the time if something's going wrong really to, to look at the bigger picture to see you know what might be causing really causing uh the ailments that we might be experiencing so yes i'm going to just take a little bit of a tangent now um but i i did i was like well i asked this question but i am actually really interested to to know what is one unusual or adventurous thing on your bucket list uh, well i wouldn't say unusual i'm pretty adventurous so i really want to go to um dubai and i want to have the experience of the like you know that i think it's like you you eat in up in the air like i don't know if you're in a helicopter or like it's some sort of um machine or something that where you're able to have dinner and you're like kind of like in the air and so also like you know bali with the swing and just like you know the like i'm an adrenaline junkie if it feels like you're gonna like you don't know if you're gonna make it i'm like oh let's try it <laughs> you know, so I, people are like what like i just love a, like that adrenaline like i love going to you know to um take ro like this summer i went to you know a, it's called great america here six flags great america it's a roller coaster park i love to just like and even that's a that's healing for us as adults like to just be able to scream it's somatic like ah like just getting into your inner child and just allowing yourself to just be free and you know these these amusement parks are okay to scream and run around yeah so um that's yeah something I, I love that I love that I haven't heard about that in Dubai but that sounds good and I get the you know wanting to just yeah do silly things my friends and I uh, we recently had a hobby horsing uh sort of championship and I don't know if you know a hobby horse is like that little horse and has a head on the stick <laughs> so you put it between your legs it's like little kids oh, okay. do it yeah 
yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, we did that and it's so silly, but I think it's just so fun to just be, uh, do things. And, and that's what I see you doing all the time. Like I see you jumping on trampolines and yeah, or you're on a swing. And I think it is, it's really important to still, uh, just because we're getting older and more mature that um, we can't still have fun and yeah and and maybe also push ourselves from an adrenaline perspective as well I know I was traveling recently and I'm a bit scared of heights and push myself to uh, to walk you know on some pretty sketchy <laughs> tracks and it really it really scared me but I felt so uh, proud of myself that I that I face my fears so I think it's it's important to do these things and then it also helps to you know see what you're capable of as well so yes. yeah yeah I love that we're going to talk now a little bit about your habits my um and mindset and resilience and so the things that you might be doing that support you and I know like you have lots of different things so I'm interested to hear about this so what rituals or practices do you have that enhance your overall overall well-being and personal growth so I'll just give you what what it looks like when I wake up. So my alarm goes off and um, I immediately, as soon as um, I say thank you out loud, thank you for allowing me to see another day. Then I immediately make my bed. I'm very anal about that because um, I feel like when you the bedroom is very important and it needs to be clear of any clutter. Um, so I make my bed and while I'm making my bed, you know, after making my bed, I, I get my morning ritual. I put, I usually put on my headphones and I, I'm listening to music or, um, you know, something motivational just to get me my, in my mind a lot of times just to get, just to get my body moving, dancing, just bringing in a joyful, just starting the day with a joy, joy, joyfully. I also have a wild wall decal that says, choose joy. Just as, as you go out my front door, it's like, a, cause joy is a choice. And so, um, then from there, now that I have my ancestor altar, I have my tea and I have like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes of tea time in front of my ancestor altar where I journal. And I, um, that's my way of communicating with my ancestors. Like, this is what happened the day before. These are the signs of synchronicities. Um, these are my challenges. How can you help me through this? Um, then I'll go into my office and I go and chant. Um, like I said, I'm a practitioner of Nietzsche Buddhism with the Soka Gakkai USA. And we chant Nam Yo which means I fuse my life with the mystic law of cause and effect through sound. And so we chant out loud, Nam Yo Horengekyo, Nam Yo Horengekyo. And I usually do that on working days. I try to do for an hour <laughs> before, because I wake up. So I also, like, I start work at 8 a.m. So I wake up at 5.15, even if I go to bed late. It's just like, I, I, I'm very structured and I have to, I really believe we have to win in the morning. Like that's, you know, and so like this morning, I chanted for a half an hour. And then I've recently, about the past year, I've been doing like 10 minute videos um, on YouTube, just like yoga, just nothing like advanced, very just stretching. And it just even just opens up even more like, oh my goodness, just how you don't realize, you know, how much, um, especially if you work sitting down, like, like I'm doing now, um, as opposed to being very more active and on my feet when I was in the field, that energy just sits on you or even like so I'll do like a five or ten minute um video and my favorite thing to do is um the leg up on a wall pose it's like where you put your butt or against the door of the wall and you just have your feet up on the wall and your back you just like it's just a very restorative 
with polls. It also helps if you have issues going, digestive issues to go to the bathroom, to get everything going in the morning. And I do that for like five minutes. And sometimes I still jump on the trampoline and, you know, but again, I'm, I'm bringing, I'm cultivating like joy. I'm listening to music. I'm, I'm singing. I'm, I'm really allowing my inner child to be seen, heard and felt. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think, yeah, that up the wall is really good. The gravity, I think that it's, mm -hmm. um, they say it's good for anti-aging as well. Not that you need it. You look you know, so beautiful and amazing and youthful. You. Maybe it's all that joy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you're saying that even if you stay up late, you do it, um, you, you still make time to do your morning ritual. So is, is there any like times that you aren't able to, like, how do you maintain a positive mindset, even in challenging times? So that's, that's a good question because even when like, I noticed, so when the riots happened in 2020 and my schedule at work got completely shifted and we were working like 12 hour days, like 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. So then I'll come home and I couldn't go to sleep right away because I'm my adrenaline. So I was like kicking my butt because I'm like, okay, I want to go to work and I want to pray for at least an hour before going to work. And and I really had to seek advice and, and, and you know, guidance um, from one of the a spiritual you know, a leader in faith to really like not be so hard on myself and judgmental because I can be structured. And what I realized is because it's almost was like a trauma response where like that structure was a safety net. And so I was really given the encouragement to know that like my prayers are protecting me always. And it's okay to have like fluidity and like in the, in the regime and knowing that you're, you know, cause I would be like, Oh, today. And so it's been times where I can't like do like my, my, my day won't flow as well as I would like it to be or in the morning. And then like, that's when I'll be at work. I'll step outside, get some fresh air. I, I highly recommend sun gazing. Um, they, they, if you Google it, they'll tell you it's not that beneficial, but I do it daily whenever the sun's out. Um, and it's, it's, instantly grounding and activating for me. Um, you can put your sunglasses on if it's not during the safe hours, or you could just do it the safe hours, which is a half hour before sunrise and a half hour before before the sun sets. And that just like getting back or even like in, walking in the parking lot, putting my hand on my chest, calling up, taking deep breaths, like calling my power back, asking myself, okay, what, how can, what do you need right now? And it'll be like, okay, we need some food or, you know, like, um, Working or being sensitive on a energetic level, I noticed that I can't go into the building that has a lot of heavy, dense, darker energy without eating. Um, oh, I have this app also, right? It's called I Am, and it just came through. Even amid adversity, I succeed and I prosper. So I highly recommend that that app because it just that affirmation just came through as we're doing the interview. Um, it's a free I app. It's called I am, and the affirmations come through right on time. <laughs> it's okay. right now, and yeah. so just really like doing whatever you got to do to get in that back into that present moment. So even drinking cold water, like I I've had this keep keep ice in it, just get you know get my get back into my body, or even just calling on my guides, my angels, my ancestors, saying okay, like help me to be present right now, help me to stay focused, so I can you know really calling on the spiritual support. And then usually when you go outside, that's when you'll see, you'll find a feather or you'll see, you know, sometimes I'll see like um, when I'm kind of really frustrated and I, like I'll, I'll lately I've been seeing like balloons just fly past and I'm like, okay, just let it go. 
and you just instantly like, oh, you, you know, you go from being all like, because your mind, like you said, the mindset is so important. Like what you tell yourself too is very important. Like this morning when I woke up, um, it was um, about 5.30 when I went out on the back porch and it's pretty cold here in Chicago, but I just put on my coat and, and my pajama bottoms on and I just went out and got some fresh air and I looked up and it was clear sky and I just looked at the stars that were twinkling back at me and I had this app to tell you what stars it is and this reminded me, you know what, I, I, I want the whole entire universe, the protective deities of the universe to help me to let go. The day yesterday I was complaining and it wasn't creating value and it was taking away the goodness of what I had, the news that I received or the joy that I received like from, and because I'm so, and, 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 and I want to be clear, like to have gratitude and joy, it doesn't negate what your reality is, but it just quickly shifts. Another thing that I do is sometimes, and um, it's what I really started doing in the beginning. I, on a piece of paper, you put gratitude, and then on the other side, your intentions, and then like the line down the middle, and then you write things that you're grateful for, and you know, like, and then your intentions. I'll write my intentions for the day. Sometimes your intentions, my intentions will be just to smile at someone that I make eye contact with. My intention to be to um, connect to everyone's Buddha nature and they will connect to my Buddha nature. When I say I'm grateful, oh no, not that I'm grateful to just have a job, but I'm grateful that, you know, I have a, a career that can, that can pay for my, you know, I can, I have that, that I can pay for my resources. And, you know, I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for my spiritual community. Think like bringing that up and out really helps you shift. And also when it comes to like meditation and stuff, like, it doesn't have because I was talking to someone yesterday at work about this. Like, I just can't, you know, get, keep my mind quiet. Sometimes, you, like, in, that's what I love about when I'm chanting, I'm your holding your kill. It's about seeing what, observing your mind and seeing what comes up. And then how can you create value from that as opposed to suppressing that aspect of yourself? Wow. So uh, inspiring. And what I'm really Thank you. picking up is just the incredible self-awareness you have. And then also how pulling yourself back to the present moment is so important to gain perspective, but then to see maybe, you know, what's the bigger picture. And I, I love on your Instagram that you're always on your stories and things that, you know, that you are always experiencing joy. Well, a lot of the time there's joy, but then I love when you're driving along the highway or something and you'll see uh, an eagle or a hawk or something, and then you stop and you just take it in. And mm -hmm. I think that that is something that, probably really does support you and it could support many people. And I know for me now, whenever um, I see birds, I'm always wondering like, why are they coming across, you know, coming into my path and often sometimes looking up to see, you know, what's the spiritual meaning behind behind that. So yeah, I think it's it's great to have these things that you can call on during challenging times that, uh, that can support you be, rather than just go down into that negative spiral. Mm. So now could you share an experience where stepping out of your comfort zone uh, has shifted your mindset? So recently, you know, my, my, my time of um, my time that I start work is changing. So now I've, I've been on days for at least, you know, eight years, eight to seven years. And now um, because of my seniority, I am going to afternoons. So that means I have to work three to midnight as opposed to eight to five. And so um, that starts in a couple of weeks. And so what I did was instead of focusing on how 
had this shift for the past eight, seven years. It's like, okay, what can I do now? And I was like, okay, well, I can work out in the morning. I could um, get my errands done, like really reshifting my mind. Like, you wake up early anyway, and you stay up late anyway. So now you're going to have more time to actually, you know, do more tangible things, personal things before you get to work. Um, also, then you'll get to now interact with other detectives on that shift that you haven't had the opportunity to meet. And then also make the determination. I've been chanting for the wisdom just to be able to create the most value in the next, as I get ready to transition. So not come to work disgruntled or with an attitude, but just with like smiling and just like, you know, like this is part of, you don't have the seniority. So like it, it is what it is. So as opposed to like taking it personal or, you know, um, like, woe is me, because that's easy. Like, I, especially, like I said, it's been a long time that um, I haven't had that shift, but now I can, I'm, I'm thinking of the benefits as opposed to something else. That's, so always that looking my... for the positive in a situation. If it yeah yes. comes along and it's different, it's going to challenge you. What is the lesson? You know, what is the benefit to me? How is this going to, how can I make this something that's good? It's interesting yes, though that was, um, it sounds like it's a promotion, but you know, to do the late shift. But then it's like, anyway, it's going to be, yes. it's going to, there's obviously a, a big reason. And I'm sure you're going to have an awesome impact from that three till midnight shift. I mean, I'm sure there's more things that will be going on. It might be more interesting as well. Do you think? Well, well, I haven't even thought about that. And while I'm just thinking about getting there. Yeah. Well, you, you probably won't be late anyway, because yeah, yeah, you're going to have plenty of time to get all of your, your beautiful rituals done before you, but you start work. So you might show up as, you know, even a more joyful version of Mira than the eight o'clock yes. version. And you know, that's, I'm glad you brought that point though, because now I'm, I'm going to be honest. I noticed that like, even with me giving myself those times, the next thing you know, it's it's 7.30 and I'm like, oh shit, I gotta be at work and I haven't showered yet and I haven't did like, and so I'm like, how am I up? And one supervisor had told me a few years ago, like, you just need better time management because you get up in enough time when I hear you talk. And I'm just like, it, it was, it's just, it, and so yeah, like, so I am gonna get there on time because I'm managing even like when I've been cognizant these past couple of months to like, okay, I, I tell myself now you start work at 7.30 as opposed to eight o'clock. So then I'm like, but just that little, but it, I do enough, but then something just trips me up. Maybe I start getting sleepy or something. I don't know what happens. I've been up for so long, but it's it, just to, just to be like more transparent too. So people was like, it's not like I'm just, you know, so structured, but it, it's something will kind of like slow me. It's almost like I go into a quicksand. I'm like, okay, no, you got to keep going, keep going the same pace that you were doing these other rituals. Yeah. I, I feel the same. I think that when you're really passionate about doing something or you're really enjoying it, then uh, you do you want to do as much of it as you possibly can. And then you might yeah, not leave enough time for the actual, you know, really important things like having a shower and getting dressed so you can get to work. I'm always the same. I'm looking at the clock and I'm writing or doing something. And then I'm like, I'm only going to need 10 minutes to get ready. And I'm like, no, I need like probably half an hour. So I think it's a, yeah, it's a normal thing. Uh, so now, how do you think, how significant do you think uh, or believe inner work and cultivating self-awareness are in the journey of mindset development? And could you share a little bit of the inner work that you've personally undertaken to enhance your mindset? 
That's a really good question. So when it comes to when I hear that question, it's like what I so what I what I had to do was when um my experience is like I started noticing um maybe 2017, 2018, a repetitive pattern with the man that I was, was dating. It was the same type of man, but just different shirts. It, and so I'm like, okay, obviously this is me. Like, what is this energy that I'm bringing forth? And so, you know, I started chanting to awaken to my greatness and to value my life. And so I, um, 2018, I was at a workshop and, um, I met a holistic life coach named Yvonne and, um, and so she started, we started working together and, you know, then I started, you know, I was kind of seeing her sporadically here and there. And then she said, Jameer, you know, you have all the pieces. We just need to bring them together. So you just can't, you know, it was always almost like on a need to, like, so she wanted me to be more consistent with the inner work. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, um, she started, so we started shifting a lot of my beliefs and my thoughts and how, um, my my day-to-day -day interactions with people, especially the males, were connected in my reaction of to what they would say to me or my thought process, it was connected to a lot of it towards my father. So I was meeting a lot of men at work who reminded me of my father. And so we got to see the different perspective, like helped me to shift my perspective and really like as a grown woman, I know these men are my father, but it's an energy. And it, and so that real that made me that brought awareness to the inner child. And so we, me and her did a lot of inner child work. And so that's when I realized how like the wounded inner child or even just the, just the inner child in general, whether wounded or not, has such a, a say on us. And we're not cognizant of that, that aspect of us. And we think we live in a society that encourages us. Like you just go, you just get old and die. Like, no, you get older, you, you age and evolve. And because we are, I believe that we are eternal beings. So the investment into our soul's growth and development is eternal. And so um, finding someone that you can work with, that's compatible with, well, then she introduced me to craniosacral therapy. And that's a, um, a, a you know, somatic approach where you just kind of, you know, I can guess I can say it's like Reiki, but I feel like it's deeper than Reiki. Um, it's called visionary um craniosacral therapy and I've been going to her since 2019 and she said Yvonne who introduced me to Nancy the craniosacral therapist said Jamira as we've been working together a lot of your beliefs are shifting and so that energy is coming up and we now need to have it released and I was like oh okay and so um well, I wouldn't say, I, oh, okay. I was like, well, I got to see somebody else. I got to do something else. I was kind of like, you know, a little resistant, like, damn, you know, what, like, because you kind of think like I was already on a very positive mindset. Like, so I looked at, like, I was good at compartmentalizing. So I had, it, it was like, you know, what they call like toxic positivity now. But at the time I didn't know because that toxic positivity kept kept me safe. It kept me from not properly processing. It was just like, okay, something I didn't even know what sadness felt like or um, different range of different emotions that was not like high vibe because it just didn't feel good. And so um, also for me, understanding my natal chart, I have like gotten several natal chart readings, which is your astrology chart. So not just knowing that like, so my sun sign is a Pisces, but I'm also a Scorpio moon. And my um, Mercury, which is the planet of communications is Aquarius. And so like, just to give, and I'm a Sagittarius rising. So 
as a Scorpio moon, I don't want to feel anything. I don't want to go deep, I, but I feel everything. And so then as a Mercury in Aquarius, I think fast. I'm, it's at a 29 degree. So like I speak fast, I think fast. And so for a long, for three years, I thought like people were like, can you just slow down? Can you just like, and you talk so fast. And then, I, so they will make me feel like I was all over the place, but Aquarius is an air sign. So you see like, it just like, and then the Scorpio and because I didn't, I felt deeply, but I didn't want to process like my emotions. And I was kind of scared to go down a rabbit hole alone. Needing support as a Scorpio moon by professional was extremely beneficial because I was scared to feel emotions because I didn't know if I could make them stop at that. Yeah. And so um, cranial sacral therapy has been like a lifesaver in terms of, again, as these emotions come up, it needs to be released as, as we shift our, our mindset and a programming. Um, it definitely is important. Yeah. Okay. So you weren't really letting yourself ever feel sort of negative emotions and no. then the inner work and, and having, you know, p people help you do that, helped you access them. And in doing so, um, I know you, you've, you now have a really good relationship with your father and I know you've even said on you know different podcasts and to me in the past like that. And I, it's so important. I know that we realize our primary caregivers are generally doing the best they possibly can with what they have with them at that time. And so it's so um, important to acknowledge that, you know, they, they probably, he, your dad was doing the best he possibly could do. And I know that that was a journey you went on and this has probably helped you and now you have a, a really good relationship with all of your family, including your mom, yes. who I know you you get in touch with her now, like she comes through to you, doesn't she? And um, yes. so it has really supported you to, I guess, find that peace. Yes. And even like doing the ancestral work, like I do call ancestral veneration candles and like I have my grandmother, my my mom, my grandmother, and my great grandmother. And, and then today I was thinking, I was like, oh, my great grandmother, who was born in the 1900s, her name is Emma. And so oh. then I thought about you. <laughs> and so I just was like, look at that. And so, but even when we do the, you know, like, I'm glad you brought up the family because that's a huge component of everyone's life. And, you know, my first prayer was faith for a harmonious family. And, you know, it, it's a lot has progressed, but it's been a slippery, slippery slope. And you have to realize that, you know, sometimes you're the only one doing the work for the lineage, but it's worth it. So like December 9th was my mother's 65th birthday. We had, um, a, my dad was in town and so we had a birthday party, um, and it was nice and healing because, um, we had, like my place is still decorated. I heard the happy birthday sign and I had like, you know, hats and, you know, um, like, and we did a balloon release and, and, um, poured libations for my ancestors. And I had my dad participate in it. And my dad was able to say nice things about my mom. And this was the first time ever. And I'm 41 years old. So to hear, you know, go all these years hearing your dad say that you're stupid, you're not going to be shit. You're going to be crazy. Like your mom, it was, it's still like very, you know, I'm still processing that because I'm like, my dad is, you know, got to celebrate my mom and, and speak nice things of her. And, and even like that, so December 8th, that Friday, I took him to my cranial sacral therapist 
And I have to go to work that day. And I left work there early, but he was going through his little mood. And he was like, I'm not going to the craniosacral therapist. And I'm like, I paid for it. You're going to go. But I just didn't argue. I got off the phone with him. I finished my work. I had to get my mind right. And I really <laughs> was chanting and told the whole entire universe, his ancestors, my ancestors, and said, listen, we're going to get this man to this to, to the craniosacral therapist. And Emma, when he went there, he immediately, when he walked through the door, he just started taking off his jacket, talking to Nancy, like they were, like they were old friends. And I've never seen this aspect of my dad before. And like, he even wanted me to be downstairs in the room with him. And like, he goes down there, he's like, oh, this is nice. And talking to her and just like, just so receptive to it. And after he had a session, he was, he told her, he said, I just felt like a weight was lifted off of me. He said, I just feel so good. And I feel so light. And wow, what it, like, he was just, you just was so receptive to it. And so like, even my sisters were like, how did you, what did you tell daddy to get him there? Like, what did you say to him? And I was just like, I told him like my experience. And even though for most people that day, his behavior would have made them give up. But I, because I know how the, the inner child works and his little boy was acting up. And instead of looking at him like this father who should know better, I looked at him as the little wounded boy who's now just kind of resistant to something that's going to be extremely beneficial, not only for him, but for my stepmom, my siblings or other siblings. Then that Sunday, the December 10th, I took my stepmom there. And so just really like that was her second time. Just as I want to encourage people that sometimes on this journey, we want a lot of validation. We want a lot of confirmation and we want our families and friends to be on board. But sometimes that does not happen. And so that's one of the reasons why I joined a spiritual group, just because it just aligned with me. Everyone was at different levels, but we in that group, we made everyone feel welcome. And look, I met someone who I feel so connected to Emma. And it's just it just shows you the, you know, the like the power of electromagnetic energy and how just when you can feel someone's heart impurity and you're always checking in on me and I'm checking in back with you and you know just just like just being sincere so I want to say just finding your own like they say tribe but not seeking right but just a lot surrendering and a lot fine so for me what gives me the comfort is I'll say I learned this from feel good life on um he universe wow me today universe wow me today and I always say okay, universe, if we're so magical and mystical and all this other positive stuff, let show me, show me. And so that's when I have these unbelievable synchronicities, which goes into the universal law of correspondence, like as above, so below, as within, so without. And so through our mindset and even just me allow myself to slow down and cultivate my mindset, it will change the trajectory of your life. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. And I know you have changed the trajectory of not only your life, but your family's life too. I mean, your sister converted to Buddhism, your, your father has as well. Mm -hmm. So you really have um, broken that, that pattern that, you know, might have been in place uh, with, you know, your dad and his dad and so on and so forth. And you're changing it now for the future for your nephews and yeah, for, yes. you know, the future generations that are that are going to come. So it is really an, an incredible impact that you're having from doing this work on yourself and then, yeah, putting that energy out and even impacting people like me, um, in, you know, all the way in Australia and, you know, things that I've learned from you and yeah, just some of the aha moments I've had from, you know, the way your wisdom is, is really incredible. Thank you.
Thanks. So I have a little question now, and, and it's really interesting that your handle on Instagram is Mira Think Rich, and um, even yeah, in your um, your bio it says like wealth is a mindset, and I'm a wealth and a mindset coach. So it's really that's interesting that we sort of have that synchronicity as well. Can you tell me a little bit about you know what does wealth mean to you, and uh, I, yeah, why you've even got that handle and that type of thing. <laughs> well, that handle came, you know, um, that's my second Instagram account. And at, that, as I started doing like cryptocurrency a few years ago, and I was still under working in the covert capacity. So that's why that, and, you know, that's kind of where the, you know, and also just realizing that you do have, it is a mindset. It's about a wor feeling worthy and deserving of good things, of luxury, of, you know, quality things and from your from from your skin products to your food that you put to your hair products, everything. And so um, I've learned that even when, is that a bird I hear in the background? <laughs> I think there is a bird. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's, you know, they, they call me the bird whisperer. I'm like, it's, <laughs> and, and so just really seeing like, the interconnectedness of everything again and how um, energy is our, our energy is currency. So if we're at a higher frequency and we're feeling worthy, we're going to attract those things, attract circles, groups of people into that. So that's why I put wealth as a mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's more, it's more really about that worthiness, even more so than mm -hmm. the money as much as the money yes. is important for us to even feel worthy. Like it's, yeah, it's all interconnected. No, I love that description. You know, I'll give you, so even like, so the reason why, cause people are probably like, well, what does he mean by worthiness? Well, a lot of times the way I used to cope is I would go to Target or I would go to the mall. And next thing you know, you're spent two, $300 on nonsense. And so that, and then you start having a whole bunch of stuff. So before, um, you know, again, I started properly processing my mother's death. I used to go shopping all the time and I had like so much clothes with tags on it and just clothes everywhere, shoes everywhere. And it was just a mess. And so my friend was like, you know, you need me to help you organize. I'm like, nah, girl. Like, I, again, because I'm good. Like, who's going to help me? And so not realizing that was my coping mechanism. That's how I brought myself down from being up here at work. It was just like a, but that's also bringing my bank account down. And so it was just like, you know, um, it, that, but I was not aware and I was doing things outside of myself because I didn't know how to be still within myself. Yeah. So do you find now that you don't, feel that deep desire to just go because it's a numbing sort of a coping mechanism isn't it and then mm -hmm. like this alcohol for, alcohol for some people or drugs or yeah gambling mm -hmm. or shopping like it's all it's it's to feel that sort of distract you from or just to help you cope with with life mm -hmm. unless you start to be able to look within and then you feel like you don't need all that extra stuff yes like um like, no, I don't. So after work today, I went to this park and I give offerings. So whatever I have on my ancestor altar, I give it to the, out to nature. It's usually like some dates that I have on my ancestor altar and some tangerines. So I'll, I'll give it out. I'll, I'll give it to the tree. And so today when I did that after, after work, um, it just got me immediately centered. And I was like, we're going to have a great podcast interview. And then it was like a hundred crows. I'll send you the video after, but it was, they were like, you know, making the the call the crow sound and then I just every time I got closer to them and I'm not exaggerating it was a, like 50 to 100 crows and the more I got they kept getting further and further and then I heard we just want to see if you'll be obedient 
You know, so like, are you going to listen to your own inner voice? And so I needed to go get my light bulb, a new headlight light bulb fixed. And I had went to the car dealership the, on Monday and they were trying to charge me $90 just to change my headlight. And I was just like, that's ridiculous. And so, you know, by me being in law enforcement, I want my vehicle to be in compliance. And so I, I, after I was went out in nature and I was walking back to my car, I kept hearing Oh, oh, O'Reilly's auto parts. It's like, so this auto store that's near here. And so I was like, okay, but I got to go home. I got the podcast interview, blah, blah, blah. And so it was just like, go to the damn store, Jamira. And I went and the guy was so nice. He ended up changing my light bulb. And it was so simple. I watched him change it. And I was like, I'm glad I didn't pay 19 I mean, not, not almost $90 because I paid him $17.99 at the store. So just how like, Instead of being in that panic and frantic, like I could have, so I added up, I saved $126, like with the bulbs that needed to be changed, even the rear um, to the front and how, how much I paid at the, it was a difference of $126. And just slowing down and connecting with nature. And then you, I mean, you do have psychic abilities as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure, which is what, what I did want to really like, I guess, finish up on um, is just talking a little bit about your energy readings. And I mean, I did one and it was, yeah, really insightful um, and just so left field as well. <laughs> <laughs> which but it was what I needed to to hear um and mm. I would yeah urge anyone I know that it's it's not like you, you know you have your career and in, in your job so it's something that you do really it's a passion for you isn't it to do your energy readings mm. yes it is it's you know um I offer offer um oracle card readings and I do have sound bowls that I can play and even sometimes I do automatic writing depending on what I feel um but yes it's something that I just you know, um, the booking link is in my Instagram and bio, but I just love to just help people. And like I told, like Emma's reading, like I just, I, I let whatever comes up first comes out. And then if the person has questions afterwards, then we'll get to the questions. But most of the time people don't have questions. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. cause I feel like my gift is, is where I can see the, um, and that goes into be, me being a Pisces sun and a Scorpio moon, which they can call the most psychic signs. Um, I can see beyond what, what people want to see and feel. And so a lot of times I can see and feel things that, you know, that needs to be addressed. That's going to be for that person's highest good. And so um, did you like your reading? I did. I did. I, it was, yeah, as I said, it was not what I was expecting, but I love that as well, that you're, you're not going to tell you know, people what they, you know, what they think they, you know, the normal this and that, you know, it was really, I mean, you told me that I needed more self-pleasure in my life, which was like, whoa, okay. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. But it was like definitely probably true because, you know, I'm a mom of, of four kids. And at that time, I, like when we met, we were, it was during the pandemic. And I think, you know, we were all living, you know, but you said a great thing in a podcast. I think it was like safe at home or something or yes. Anyway, but we was, we were at home. And so, you know, I was surrounded by my family all the time and probably yeah, not really looking after myself um, as well as I could. And it was interesting and it's, it has, it just was a real, um, yeah, just something that I wasn't expecting. And, but I, I think something that I really needed and something that I have been 
thinking about, you know, when I need to <laughs> over, um, yeah, over the last couple of years, but I, I loved the reading and, and, you know, it, the value was incredible. I think we were on the call for, for quite some time and you had, you know, cards and you had crystals and you had your sound healing bowls and, um, yeah. And I think it, you're just going to hear what, what you need to hear from you and you know it was what I needed to hear and and you know if we even want to talk about you know that self-pleasure is so important for someone who's creative uh, to be able to tap into and I know that's not what you tell everyone it's you know what they need to hear but <laughs> <laughs> it was um yeah it was excellent I would rec thoroughly recommend uh, energy reading with Mira if you want to real learn what you need for your highest good Thank you, thank you, and I uh, um, thank you for your support. And the reason why I also say mirror, like looking into a mirror, because people think like even when we're looking into the screen, you can still see our background. So sometimes it's not exactly what we're look like. When you look in a mirror, you're not looking at your 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 background. You're looking at yourself to make sure. So sometimes you need someone to show you, like, hey, you know what, you got something in the background that maybe you need to be fixed or addressed. And so, you know, um, even when it comes to just so people can know, like everyone doesn't get the self pleasure. Um, it's whatever comes up, and and Emma knew I was not that. I was kind of nervous to bring it up too. Like I was, I wasn't as like straightforward because you know, again, this is someone that I was in a spiritual group with, and I respect, and she's a mom, and she's a wife, and you know, but that was what you know her guides and wanted her to know. Like this is what she needs right at this moment. So some some of my clients that I've had in the past, they needed you know, um, to connect to their inner child. They needed to acknowledge some of the wounds that they thought that, you know, just because they gotten older, it, it wasn't bothering them. So it's, I, I definitely say like, my gift is to see it into the shadows. And which when you are able to bring everything, you know, from the, from the, in the from the shadow into the light, we, we have full illumination. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Was there anything else that you wanted to, say i mean i'll leave all of your details in the um in the show notes and but is there anything that like any messages or where people can really find you where what resources that you know would be helpful for them if they've really resonated with this conversation yeah so um i can be found on instagram at mira thinks rich m-i-r-a-c-h-i-n-k-s-r-i-c-h um you can send me a direct message there. Let me know you heard the podcast. Um, also, I want everyone to, to, the biggest takeaway to understand that faith equals daily life. There is no separation. And I also want people to know my mentor in faith, Asaki Keita, says it best. Um, this is not the verbatim quote, but the transformation of one individual can lead to the transformation of society. And so I just want everyone to know that their inner work on themselves impacts not only them, but their family and the collective as well. And so um, it's been a, it's been an honor and a pleasure to be a guest. Anna. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing uh, your wisdom and yeah, just for being a, a shining light in this world. Uh, I do urge everyone to follow along because I love like the videos that you show of you dancing and you're on the water and yeah, it's just, it really, is um yeah just a beautiful thing to to witness you and i know that you are yeah really making a difference in the world and i'm so honored and grateful that you came on and 
spoke to me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining It's a Mindset. If you found this episode valuable, consider sharing it with friends. Add it to your Instagram stories, tag me at Emma Lagalo, or simply spread the word. Follow me on Instagram for updates and share your topic suggestions. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to help us reach more listeners. Remember, anything is possible when you put your mind to it. Thanks for listening.